passages six through ten of reflections on the formation and distribution of wealth by anne robert jacques turgot translated by nicolas de condorcet this librivox recording is in the public domain six the wages of the workman is limited by the competition among those who work for subsistence he only gains a livelihood the mere workman who depends only on his hands and his industry has nothing but such part of his labor as he is able to dispose of to others he sells it at a cheaper or a dearer price but this high or low price does not depend on himself alone it results from the agreement he has made with the person who employs him the latter pays him as little as he can help and as he has the choice from among a great number of workmen he prefers the person who works cheapest the workmen are therefore obliged to lower their price in opposition to each other in every species of labor it must and in effect it does happen that the wages of the workman is confined merely to what is necessary to procure him a subsistence seven the husbandman is the only one whose industry produces more than the wages of his labor he therefore is the only source of all wealth the situation of the husbandman is materially different the soil independent of any other man or of any agreement pays him immediately the price of his toil nature does not bargain with him or compel him to content himself with what is absolutely necessary what she grants is neither limited to his wants nor to a conditional valuation of the price of his day's work it is a physical consequence of the fertility of the soil and of justice rather than of the difficulty of the means which he has employed to render the soil fruitful as soon as the labor of the husbandman produces more than sufficient for his necessities he can with the excess which nature affords him of pure free will beyond the wages of his toil purchase the labor of other members of society the latter in selling to him only procures a livelihood but the husbandman besides his subsistence collects an independent wealth at his disposal which he has not purchased but which he can sell he is therefore the only source of all those riches which by their circulation animates the labors of society because he is the only one whose labor produces more than the wages of his toil eight first division of society into two classes the one productive or the cultivators the other stipendiary or the artificers here then is the whole society divided by the necessity founded on the nature of things into two classes both industrious one of which by its labor produces or rather draws from the earth riches continually renewing which supply the whole society with subsistence and with materials for all its wants while the other is employed in giving to the said materials such preparations and forms as render them proper for the use of man sells his labor to the first and receives in return a subsistence the first may be called the productive the latter the stipendiary class nine in the first ages of society the proprietors could not be distinguished from the cultivators hitherto we have not distinguished the husbandman from the proprietor of the land and in the first origin they were not in fact so distinguished 
it is by the labour of those who have first cultivated the fields and who have enclosed them to secure their harvest that all land has ceased to be common and that a property in the soil has been established until societies have been formed and until the public strength or the laws becoming superior to the force of individuals have been able to guarantee to every one the tranquil possession of his property against all invasion from without the property in the field could only be secured as it had been acquired by continuing to cultivate it the proprietor could not be assured of having his field cultivated by the help of another and that person taking all the trouble could not easily have comprehended that the whole harvest did not belong to him on the other hand in this early age when every industrious man would find as much land as he wanted he would not be tempted to labour for another it necessarily follows that every proprietor must cultivate his own field or abandon it entirely Ten. progress of society all lands have an owner but the land begins to people and to be cleared more and more the best lands are in process of time fully occupied there remains only for those who come last nothing but barren land rejected by the first occupants but at last every spot has found a master and those who cannot gain a property therein have no other resource but to exchange the labour of their hands in some of the employments of the stipendiary class for the excess of commodities possessed by the cultivating proprietor End of passages six through ten.